How's everybody doing? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a drill. It's time for you to speak what you want to see. And if you're with it, then repeat after me. Come on. Every time I turn around, blessings, blessings. Every time I turn around, blessings on blessings. Every time I turn around, blessings, blessings. Yeah, every time I turn around. Chapter 10 is basically a list of names. <laughs> All the names of Noah's sons and his, his descendants or his children and the grandchildren that came after. Um, and the lineage, you know, it goes on. Uh, and we're going to get into a little bit of that tonight in chapter 11. So if you have Genesis 11, you can open that up now. Um, but I'm going to... Um, just give a few reminders for some upcoming um, dates or some things that we have coming up that I wanna want to remind everybody about. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll open up in prayer first. But yeah, if you have your Bibles, you can definitely open up to chapter eleven. We're gonna uh, your homework's gonna be to read chapter ten. <laughs> Next week, I'm gonna test you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good one right there. I like that. Miguel just said. Uh, Miguel just said, you know, just listen to it on the freeway, you know, but not on the way home because you'll fall asleep, <laughs> especially if you're one of those that goes to work super early, you know, on the way home, man, the sun's warm, right, coming through your windshield, and if you're listening to the wrong thing, you're going to, like, let's not, let's not call that, um, but yes, chapter 10 is a long list of names, uh, descendants of Noah, um, Noah's sons, okay, and their children. Uh, but in chapter 11, I'm going to point out something that I want um, to make sure we all go home with and at least um, take that with us regarding the genealogies, meaning the uh, generations and why there's lists of names. Um, not Nothing too extensive, but I, I want to make sure I point that out before we leave. But um, next Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, I believe next Wednesday is the first, yes, uh, so everybody say next Wednesday the first, we will have a united prayer night, okay guys, united prayer, uh, so we announced this a few weeks back, Pastor Josh also uh, announced it last week, I want to just remind you, and we'll probably remind you again on Sunday, okay, we'll remind you again on Sunday, but next week, Next Wednesday will be a united prayer time, united prayer service. We're going to be doing this throughout the rest of the year. The first Wednesday of every month, we'll be coming together, united with our Spanish ministries, um, and have a united prayer night. Isn't that awesome? Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. And um, we want to invite you this Sunday uh, to come out. I believe we're going to be concluding our series on God is Faithful, 2 Chronicles chapters, chapter 20, and um, Pastor Josh will be bringing the word, and Pastor Koba will be bringing the word in our Spanish service. Um, so uh, whichever one you choose to be at, uh, we're going to be blessed on Sunday. 
Uh, but we do want to invite you out this Sunday. It'll be the last Sunday we're doing. And then uh, it'll be the last Sunday we're doing Second Chronicles. God is faithful. The following week, how many of you remember where we left off before the holidays on Sunday mornings? Anybody? It's like a fog, huh? Distant memory. 2022. Uh, we were going through the book of Romans. You guys remember that? Sunday morning, so we're going to get back into uh, the book of Romans and going into that series uh, on Sunday mornings. Not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, the first Sunday of February. Amen? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful evening. We thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed on us, on your children. We ask your blessing over this Bible study time and this time that we have together as your people, that as we gather, uh, not only for your word and to get into your word and to learn uh, about your word, but we also gather for fellowship. We also gather to be in your presence. And Lord, I pray that tonight each and every one of us would leave this place, your house, and go to our families, our homes, um, and we would fill that place with your spirit, that we would take it with us wherever we go, that we would take your light with us wherever we go, and that we would never forget that we represent you. Um, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Go ahead. If you guys want to clap, clap it up. All right. Genesis chapter 11. Verse 1. It says like this. Everybody there? Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Isn't that cool? The whole world had one language. So up to this point, up to this point, there was one language being spoken. Okay? And, and it kind of brought to my mind the question and the thoughts of, did God... Did God's purpose for humanity, God's purpose for his people, for all his creation, was it that we would all speak one language? Okay? Was it that we would all be basically one race, right? That there would not be different people groups or races? I thought about that. Um, I didn't think about it too long or too hard. Because really the chapter isn't even about that. But I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was so interesting that up to this point, there was only one language. It was one common language. <laughs> Brother Steve says Spanish. <laughs> you know, the folks at home, they don't get all the inside like stuff that happens. Okay, guys, if you're at home... Um, I hope you can follow along when we have um, these little side notes and laughters, but we wish you were with us. Uh, some of our folks watch in the days to come and the weeks to come, just so you know. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I thought about that and I thought how interesting that is, right? Today, man, 
if if we were to try, I mean, I know they have them counted, but languages and then including dialects, there's thousands, thousands, okay? Languages and then including dialects, there's thousands of them. It's so crazy. But the beauty to me is that in God's eyes, we are still one. Right? We are one. So we're going to get into a little bit of that later. But I just wanted to um, pause there for a second because how beautiful it is, right? How beautiful it is when we think about things from God's perspective. And we stop thinking about things from our own perspective. Right? From our own eyes. From our own views. And then it says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Okay? A common speech. It wasn't that they were able to distinguish each other's um, words. You know how sometimes you go to another country? I remember when Koba and I, Pastor Koba and I went to Romania. When we started learning some of their little common words, we were like, man, that sounds a lot like Spanish. Or that's really close to this word in Spanish. There's things that are kind of, you know, you hear and you're like, oh, that's very similar. That wasn't the case. They literally had a common language. Okay? Then it says, as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar, and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks. So they were starting to um, learn how to use other forms of materials at this point. They weren't relying strictly on stones anymore, okay? Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone, and tar from mortar. So now they're getting into a more um, organized building, right, structures. And they're using different materials than what they were accustomed to use at this, up to this point, which is pretty awesome. The times are changing. They used brick instead of stone and tar from mortar. Then they said, okay, I want you to pay attention to this because now it's happening two times. Verse 3 says, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And then now it says, come, let us build ourselves a city. Okay? Let us build ourselves a city. Immediately what jumps out to me is they're now redirecting their whole reason, right, for doing things, their whole purpose for doing things they're redirecting it and moving away from God did you notice that so now everything's coming back towards their own desires when we see it say let us build ourselves a city right we're starting to get those little hints of where their mentalities where their hearts and the direction of their mind and their hearts were going let us build ourselves a city With a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for who? So, again, right there, we're seeing their eyes, right, are not on God anymore, but on their selves. Have you ever, uh, this happens to me all the time. (laughs) Are you ever working on a project? at work or at home, right? You're working on something, and all of a sudden your mind starts to go, like, oh, you know what I could do now? Oh, you know what I could do with this? Oh, you know what I can do with this? And all of a sudden, the one thing you were working on 
gets put aside and you have three, four different things going, maybe, maybe some of us aren't like that. Maybe some of us are so disciplined, right, that we're able to get, like, just focus on that one task. I start something in the garage in the morning. And by the afternoon, there's, like, four different things going on. I cleared out a bunch of bins. You know, I started fixing this table over here that had a broken leg. Um, the laundry's going at the same time. You know, the dog's getting brushed. So there's like, you know, a brush full of my dog's, you know, hair that he's shedding right now. And four different things, right? Anything that comes in front of me, it's almost like I have ADD. Ms. Carla. <laughs> right? But have you ever had those thoughts where you're working on something and then you start to think, you know what else I could do with this? You know what else I can add to this? And you know how, you know what? I'm going to put another door here and I'm going to put a window. All of a sudden, our thoughts start to go, right? Well, when we look at even our own spiritual lives, a lot of times those distractions and those reasons for us not being able to stay consistent in our walk with the Lord has to do with our disciplines, has to do with our frame of mind, our thought process, with us not being able to say, no, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do right now. You're asking me to do this. I'm going to stick to this, right? And, and it's something that we have to work on, right? Our walk with the Lord, our faith in Christ doesn't happen easily. It doesn't happen overnight. It's something that we exercise over time. It's like a journey that we're on, right? We're on a journey, and we're traveling. And as we're traveling on this journey, we're growing through this journey. We make mistakes. Hopefully, we don't keep making the same mistakes. And hopefully, we learn from the mistakes. And when we fall, we get up, but we continue on the journey. It's not something that happens, you know, when you're playing baseball. Whatever it is you're doing, right? When you're learning a trade, when you're learning how to work software, when you're learning how to take pictures, you don't just get good overnight. It's something that takes a lot of time. When you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage, your marriage isn't good overnight. The honeymoon ends, right? <laughs> and then it starts getting for real. It starts getting serious, right? Oh, this is what it's going to be like. 10, 15, 20 years later, hopefully, right, you're looking back and you're like, wow, look at how far we've come. Look at how much we've learned. Look at how many mistakes we've made. But look at how much we've accomplished. In anything that we do in life, we're not born experts at it. And when those thoughts come into mind of, hey, maybe you should come over here and try this. Hey, maybe you should go over here and do this other thing. What do we do? We have to remind ourselves Sometimes we have to tell ourselves, no, you need to stop thinking that and you need to continue walking with the Lord. You need to continue being obedient with the Lord. Focus on one small step, right? Take just one more step in this direction and let's ignore that. Take another step in this direction with the Lord and let's ignore this. And that's something that I've been putting into practice. I tell you guys, you know, the things that I do at home, sometimes just being silly, but the truth is that I have to put it into practice and it's something that I've challenged myself with to be more disciplined this year. And I said to the Lord, okay, I want to be a better, right? Let's go down the list. I want to be a better 
uh, husband. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better friend, right? So all those things are not going to happen on their own. I can wish them. I can think them. I could even write them down, right? But if I don't start taking steps to becoming a more disciplined first child of God, all the other things are not going to come into place, are not going to work. If I don't work on my relationship with my Lord first and continue to work on discipline, I'm going to keep getting distracted. So what do I do? When I go to do a task and I start getting that little, like, itch to, like, oh, man, I forgot I, I didn't finish this last time. Let me finish this now. I say, no, just stay focused on this. You can work on that later. Focus on this, finish it, work on that later. It's like a discipline that we have to continually remind ourselves with, right? So otherwise, we get into what we think is the best thing. Do you see where I'm going with this now? At a certain point, we start to think that our ways are better than his ways. At a certain step in or a certain point in the journey, we start to think, you know what, Lord, I think I want to try it this way. I know, I know what you said, right? But I think I want to try it this way. Can I just try it this way? Can I try it my way for a little bit? So then our vocabulary starts to change. And we start to say things like, let us build ourselves a city. Let us build ourselves a city. That also includes a big tower. In those days, they thought, they thought the heavens which even today it's not like that, but they thought the heavens were a little lower, right? They hadn't traveled into space. So they thought the heavens were a little more reachable. So they really thought, right, it's kind of, to us, looking back now, it's kind of ridiculous to think that you can build a tower high enough, right, to reach God. But back then they thought he might be a little reachable. The heaven doesn't look that high. Maybe we can build something high enough to reach him, to become like him. Maybe with the things that we create, the things that we can build, we can become great also. That's the mentality that started to sneak into their minds. We can be great just like him. Look at what we've done already up to now. Look at what I've done up to now, right? And that's where we begin to take our eyes off of our father and we put our eyes on ourselves. Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. You know, in, in life, a lot of times what we're trying to accomplish, whether it's a successful career, right? Whatever job we're trying to do, even at home, we tend to, as human beings, we tend to, right, get a little boastful and pride ourselves in what others think of us. And the way, you know, my sons think of me. Do they see me as their hero? Yeah, you know, I'm their hero. You know, they draw pictures of us and it makes us feel good. <laughs> when they're like two and three and they're in preschool and they come home with little pictures, my daddy's my hero. That's awesome. I love it. And it feels good, right? But that also trickles onto what everybody else thinks about me. Oh, you know, I better act this way and I better look this way and I have to look a certain way. And so we began to kind of get into our own head, right? I can do this. 
Look at everything that I've accomplished. Look at my successful career. Look at all my accolades. Look at all my trophies, right? Look at all the things that I've been able to do myself with my own strength, with my own mind. And that's when we begin to think, hey, maybe there's a way where I can become so great. We, so we see that it could even be dangerous in groups. Groups, entire groups of people, right? The attitude can trickle down to affect an entire group of people. And start to think we can do something so great and we'll make a name for ourselves. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. All right. Now, if we've been following along in these last couple chapters, right, what was something that God gave them the authority, even a command, if we want to say, a directive for them to do? To scatter, right? Spread out throughout the earth. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say, hey, I'm, my blessing is going to go with you to the uttermost parts of the world? You know what this reminds me of? Even Matthew 28. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Go out and do what? Which means what? Multiply yourselves, right? Add to your numbers. Pastor Josh brought it up last week after the Bible study. Multiplying, going out, being fruitful doesn't just mean having children. And filling the earth with more people just for the sake to fill the earth. God wanted us, God wanted humanity to be spread out so that we would tell the story of God. So that we would tell of his riches. So that we would tell of his faithfulness. So that we would talk about what he's done. Not just for simply filling this land with people. What's the point of that, right? But that we would be a witness to the world. Go out, he says, and do what else? What does he say? Make disciples. Teach them, right? Teach them my ways is basically what he's saying. Teach them. Baptize them. So when we look at this, so not only are we seeing pridefulness, arrogance, but we're also seeing disobedience, right? Because God did say, be fruitful and multiply. Now they're saying, if we don't do it our way, all we're going to do is completely be, is just be completely scattered all over the place. They've forgotten what God had asked of them. How often do we forget what God asks of us? Yeah? We forget easily what God asks of us. Then he says, but the Lord came down. Now, okay, we know that God is like omnipotent, um, he's omnipresent, and he's omniscient. That means he knows it all, he's all-powerful, and he's present everywhere. So a lot of what we'll read in the scriptures, okay, follow along. A lot, a lot of what we read in the scriptures is for you and I to kind of understand. It's for the reader. Did God literally come down from heaven? God's already there. He sees it all. He saw what was happening. He didn't have to physically, right? This is not talking about him physically coming down from heaven to see what was going on and get a closer look. He didn't need to do that. What this is talking about is really just emphasizing for us, the reader, 
how important this situation was and how serious the situation was. When you and I are in trouble, when you and I are heading in the wrong direction, trust me, God desires to draw near to us. He desires to come and see what Joe is doing. He wants to know, not like he's unaware, but in the sense of like, Joe, you're so important to me. The best, the best example I can use is, is this, and that we've used it before. Most of us are parents. Not all of us are. I get emails from my oldest son's, uh, Lucas, his teacher at his school. We get an email from him every week. He gives us updates. He gives us his, their scores, lets us know where they're going in the next week. Very informative. As a parent, that's like, yes, right? That's like something you want. So watch this, though. So it, it happens with all three of our boys. Most of the time, I'll read it. We get it like on a Friday. It usually comes in kind of late on Fridays or Saturday morning. And most of the time, I'll read it like late Friday night, you know, on my phone. Oh, okay, we got an email. And I'll forget to mention that I saw they got a perfect score on their assessments or their whatever. Later, they'll bring their work home from the week and say, oh, dad, look. You know, and, and I learned this. This wasn't something that I just magically learned or knew once I became a dad. I had to learn this from other dads. But I also was reminded that my dad, at one point, I was reminded my dad would do the same thing. There's, there's things that we know as parents, but when our children come and share them with us, it's pretty awesome if we choose to say, wow, that's awesome, and not, oh, yeah, I already saw it in an email your, your teacher sent it to us, right? Do you kind of see the difference there, right? They come to us wanting to hear and, and proud, right, of their grades. Look at that. I got 16 out of 16. I didn't miss any, right? And, and that would be pretty sorry of me if I said, oh, yeah, your teacher already sent that to me last week. It's old news. That my, my son would probably be like, oh, okay. Man, any... Any good grades that our boys bring home, we're high-fiving. We're like, boom, let's go get Baskin-Robbins. Let's go get Cold Stone. There's a treat involved somewhere, okay? There's a treat involved somewhere. But more than that, the surprise and the excitement to share with them, like, you did what? Come over here. Because honestly, most of the time, we're telling them, stop doing that. Quit being, hey, right? We're like scolding. No, this, no, that. It's like the house of no's. I wish that movie, Yes Day, would have never came out because it gave them ideas that I didn't want them to have. Dad, can we have a Yes Day? No. <laughs> That's a movie. <laughs> I looked at my wife and I said, Gosh, man, we're going to have to do a Yes Day for these guys now because of this movie? And all we said was like, we're going to think about it. Right? But isn't that how we want to be with God? Like, we want God to, you know, to be that kind of a father with us. And, and God, you know, he wants to, we're so important to him, he wants to be a part of what we're doing. He wants to be a part of every detail and aspect that you and I are doing. If he, if he was not interested, if our God was not interested in us, he would not have given us these beautiful snow-capped mountains. 
he would not have given us that beautiful ocean that we get to live so close to. I, till this day, I still dream of the sounds <laughs> when I used to live across from Redondo Beach. That was like, man, I love the beach. That's my thing. I love the ocean. And when I, I, in the mornings, I'd wake up hearing those seals. I'd sleep with my window open on purpose because I wanted to hear. I wanted to not just see, but I wanted to hear and smell. Like, I wanted the whole thing, the whole shebang, right? God knows, and, he, and to you, you and I are so important to him that when we come to him, he doesn't act like, oh, I already knew that about you, Joe. He celebrates with us. He wants to love with us. He wants to, he, he desires to abide in everything that you and I are involved in. As long as you and I invite him in, right? So when it says that the Lord came down, it wasn't this physical appearance of God coming down in the flesh as appearing as a man or an angel. It was to stress how important the situation was. And how the people were starting to stray away from him that he decided, I want to basically show up. I'm going to let them know that I have and will not be forgotten. I will not be put aside. But if you choose, if you and I choose to say, I don't want you involved in my life, he will be respectful and say, that's fine. I will not force myself onto you and into your life. He will allow us to do as we please. But we have to remember, and this is, this is what this, to me, this is what I want us to leave with. And what I feel is the message of this passage is that God has called us to be obedient. God has given us the keys to unlock his blessings and one of those keys is to live in obedience to his word to have faith in him right we've been learning that out of second chronicles is that if we have faith and if we trust him he will bless us here we're learning if we are obedient if we remain obedient he will bless us right remember the beginning of that chapter a couple chapters back after moses was obedient and he was in the ark, and then they come out of the ark. It says, and God remembered Noah, meaning that God will bless you and I, right? When we've been obedient to him, when we follow his ways, he will bless us. And so he comes, and he says, this is how important it is to me. He came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. What time is it? Okay, we got a little bit. We got time. The Lord said, if as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Didn't we mention that earlier? Sometimes we get so lofty in our own eyes that we begin to think, I can do anything I want. I can accomplish anything I want. And for the most part, yeah, we can. But then, in the end, is there peace in our lives? When we X God out of the equation? Are we satisfied? Do we feel complete and whole? Do we know that we have purpose? Or are we, 
or are we okay to just end, right? Finish it all saying, yeah, I accomplished a million things and I did all this and that and, and say, Psh, fine. No, there's like nothing that was like, what was it all for? And so God is basically saying we need to be careful with, right, who we give our glory to, who it is we're being obedient to. What is it that we are following? What are we falling into? Where is our heart? Where, is our, 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 where are our eyes? Are our eyes fixed on him? Is our heart inclined toward God and obeying God? Well, if they do this, they're going to think nothing is impossible for them. In other words, they're going to think of themselves as being little gods, right? Or even big gods. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the word Babylon, which is the area that they came to inhabit in Hebrew, the word for Babylon also means confusion, to, cause, to be caused confusion. So the Lord scattered them. Now, some folks will say, oh, see, even though they disobeyed and even though they did what was wrong, God still fulfilled his purpose. That's not what God wants us to take from this. It's not that God is going to do his way anyways. If we're disobedient, the message here is that God is going to direct and be sovereign, and he will, not to say that he's going to use our disobedience, okay, but his will will be done. Do you follow what I'm saying? So he says, so the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there... The Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. All right. So now we're going to get into this really cool part that I want to share with us. This is the account of Shem's family line. This is verse 10. I'm going to skip through some of these, okay, because I want to highlight a particular person here, or maybe two. But it says, two years after the flood, two years, everybody say two years, two years after the flood, when Shem was 100 years old, okay, Shem was one of Noah's sons. Everybody's tracking with me? One of his three sons. When Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Arphaxad. I think I said that right. I'm not sure, Okay. <laughs> And after he became the father of Arpaxad, Shem lived 500 years and had other sons and daughters. When Arpaxad had lived 35 years, he became the father of Shelah. And after he became the father of Shelah, Arpaxad lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he became the father of Eber. Okay. So here's what's, what starts, where it starts to get cool. When we start looking into some of these names, and I mean, I'm not saying go out there and like research every single name in the genealogies that we come across, okay? But every once in a while, we'll find a name that's very significant. Eber here is very significant. If we keep reading, if we keep reading, we're going to find that the last name that's mentioned here is Abram, right? Abram. So... Direct descendants, this is the lineage leading up to Abram, 
We're going to learn about that, and I'll leave that for, for Pastor T, okay, in the next couple weeks. All right? Make sure y'all show up for that. That's going to be fun. Um, but we'll get into Abram's life. Later, right, is when he becomes Abraham. But before that, Abram. So Eber, his name means one who has crossed over or one who has traveled over. In other words, has crossed over something or has tra- traveled across something. Okay, that's the, the meaning of Eber's name. The word like Hebrew people isn't used until in the next couple chapters, I believe. I believe it might be chapter 12 or 13, I'm not sure. But in Abram's life is where we start to first hear of the word, the Hebrew people. Hebrew, the word Hebrew also derives from Eber, okay? It also means, okay, to pass over, those who pass over. Are you following with me? So not only is it symbolic to the people of God, the people of Israel, but earlier we were talking about all of us being on a journey, right? And isn't that cool how we find that as God's people, all of us, every single one of us, this isn't our final stop. Eventually, we're all going to cross over to that promised land. You see that how cool that is, that connection that Jesus did for us? Here, eventually, they're going to cross over and inhabit the land, the promised land of Canaan, they cross over the Jordan to take possession of the promised land, right? The Bible also tells us that one day, you and I, all those who are in Christ, will cross over to the promised land. It's a spiritual, heavenly promised land that we'll all cross over to. Isn't that cool? So, when we look at genealogies, sometimes they're pretty long. <laughs> okay? Sometimes they're pretty long. And yes, they are, like if you're just reading them just to read, they can get a little boring. But the beauty is, is this, that in genealogies we can learn and find the importance of, hey, where does all this trace back to? So if we were to go to the Gospel of Luke. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to read it. But just, just for our like knowledge, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, we find this same genealogy. Okay? We find this same genealogy. And in reading the genealogy, we start to see like how it's all connected. And it connects through the line of David, which then connects to uh, the line of Joseph, which then connects to Jesus. Everybody tracking? So it's some really cool stuff to basically just teach us on how God has a plan for you and I. When we obey God's word, when we follow God's word, when we are walking with the Lord, you and I are doing his will. So if you've ever doubted, and we're going to, this is what we're going to do. Oh, um, before we do. 739, okay, start thinking about, we're going we're gonna to get into like small groups right now, do three, four people, five, whatever. We're going to keep it really simple, okay? We're going to keep it really simple. All I want us to share about when we get into these little groups 
I want us to share, all right, how it is, how is it for you and I, you can do it however you want, but think about your walk with the Lord and talk about and share, you know what, God has blessed our family. We've been walking with the Lord. It's not been perfect walk, right? We've strayed away or we've, I've been walking with the Lord for 25 years, whatever your story is, whatever the, the testimony is. I want you to share about, hey, I've always wondered if I am in God's will. Am I living in God's will, right? Because that's a question that some of us ask. Am I doing God's will? It's a doubt. It's a thing that many folks carry. I want you to tonight know that if you're walking with the Lord, that's the best place you can be. God's will is for you and I to come to his son, Jesus Christ. That's the number one thing that God is most interested in, that you and I would accept his son, that you and I would know that he has called us here in this particular chapter, it talks about the different languages, right? The confusion that was caused because of disobedience. But I mentioned before when we were starting about how everybody spoke one language. God is interested in you and I coming to know Jesus so that we would begin to speak a spiritual language that unites all of us. You following me? There's a spiritual language that you and I can speak. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about the language that edifies others. A language that builds others up and doesn't tear down. A language that unites, not separates. A language that expresses love, unconditional love, not hatred, right? For example, Psalm 37 verse 30 says, The mouth of the righteous speak wisdom, and his, to his tongue talks of justice. Proverbs 15.4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Isn't that awesome? But perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edifying, edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And then Colossians 4.6 says, Let your speech always be with grace. Seasoned with salt. In other words, flavorful, right? Not the opposite. <laughs> Where there is no flavor, all right? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one or each other. Colossians 4, 6. So as we gather in our groups, I want you to just share, yeah, you know, I've always you know, had this need in my life to be more disciplined, or I want to obey the Lord more. It could be a prayer request. It could be a testimony of God's blessing on your life. Today, we had an awesome sister. Um, you all know her, Sister Jean. Um, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing this. I was hoping she'd be here. I should have probably asked her to be here, but I know she's busy. Um, but she came to the office, um, and she brought as a, as a thank you, as an offering to the Lord, Okay, not to us, although we were the beneficiaries, as an offering and a gift to God, 
she brought our entire staff a bunch of breakfast burritos and and a bunch of food for lunch. Like two complete meals were provided for all of our staff today by Sister Jean because she's so full of thanksgiving, of gratitude because of what God has done in her life. Today she was celebrating three years of sobriety. And man, we, if you see her, congratulate her. She walked in during her, I think it was during her lunchtime or her break or something. She walked into the front office and man, we all just started like cheering on her and loving on her and giving her high fives and all that good stuff because it just filled our hearts, you know, that man, she's doing it, right? But I bet you if you hear from her, she'll tell you firsthand how hard it's been, you know, how difficult of a road she's had to travel. So tonight, go ahead. We're going to end this way, all right? Um, and I saved it for the end because it's a little easier also for our techs, you know, and the folks at home. If you're at home um, and you have someone to share with, share God's blessings. Share of maybe even the struggle of how it is to be obedient, right, to the Lord and, and the journey that we're all on. Talk about it. Don't get too lengthy. Um, I mean, if you do, hey, it's the end of the service, so you can stay here as long as you want. <laughs> but... Talk about it. Share about it. If you want to be brief, if you have something on your heart you want to share regarding that, hey, God is calling us to follow his word, to follow him, to be obedient to what he's called us to. Hey, let's take this to the world, right? Let's be his light. Let's show the world what it looks like to follow in God's ways and be obedient to the Lord and not be living in such a way that we're bringing his wrath or his judgment upon us as it happened to the folks here um, in Babel, in Babylonia, uh, in Babylon. So let's go ahead and um, we'll, we'll close with that, okay? And go ahead and find two, three, four people to share with, to sit with. Mix it up if you want or guys with guys, however you guys want to do it. Um, but go ahead, introduce yourself to somebody if you haven't met them. And um, let's do it.